how do you go from startup to being a monster business? And um, I'd love to, to go there with you if we could. Um, sure. So you mentioned that there was two or three of these businesses that you've worked with that have gone yeah. from a startup quite literally to a monster. And if I'm listening to this and I'm a startup or I'm halfway in between, let's just say I want to be big. Um, what do they have in common? What are, what are they doing? What are those guys doing that um, perhaps the ones who are still stuck in startup mode uh, aren't doing? This is the Paul Goff Audio Experience. Whether you call yourself a PT, a physical therapist, or a physiotherapist, and wherever you're listening to this right now, this is for you. It is me revealing everything I can to help make you a more successful business owner. Thanks for listening. It means the absolute world to me. All right, so welcome everybody. Welcome to another episode of the podcast, um, a very special edition of the podcast. We um, promised you when we relaunched the podcast that we would bring people from all over the world um, in the PT industry. We've got some fantastic uh, guests lined up and we've got not just PTs, we've got people who are providing services, vendors, uh, people who are working um, on the ground floor, if you like, with uh, physios who are um, understanding um, very closely, working um, even more closely with PT owners around the world. And today we're going to talk to uh, a fantastic company that we've had the pleasure of getting to know through COVID, MW Therapy. Uh, Sharif is here to talk to us, um, not just about what his software does and how ultimately they help businesses grow and streamline and become more productive, but I'm going to put Sharif on the spot. And I'm going to ask him um, what MW Therapy is doing at their uh, at their business to adapt to everything that's gone over the last few years. So we're going to turn this into a, um, a very, very good business lesson. And we're going to stay uh, in tune, if you like, with the core message of the uh, podcast, which is business lessons uh, for physical therapists. Um, before we do that, let me just remind everybody, if you are just coming into the uh, podcast or you're just coming into the live stream, we're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, we're on YouTube. Uh, this will be listened back by thousands of people on the podcast. Um, we have this pretty big event coming up. Um, we will be launching uh, live um, for the first time ever, Private Practice Market Alive, October the 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th. Uh, check out the link. All of the details are at ppmlive2022.com. We're going to be in Orlando for the biggest event of the physical therapy professions calendar. Uh, we're bringing to the stage uh, two mega stars. Um, one is James Lawrence who is the uh, guy who is regarded as the world's toughest human. Uh, he did 50 triathletes in 50 days in 50 different states. Did you know that, Sharif? Did you know that? I didn't did? know that. that. That's amazing. Check that Sounds out. tiring. 50, 50 triathletes. <laughs> yeah. Iron wow. triathletes as well, by the way, which are iron triathlons. In 50 states in 50 days. So the dude didn't sleep. He didn't like by the sounds Amazing. of it, slept in, or if he did he slept in cars or planes to get to the next uh, point to run his um to run his next triathlon so uh, james lawrence will be on stage with me in orlando uh, we've got one other name uh, currently it's mr x and we're not revealing the name of mr x there are rumors very strong rumors around the community that we've got harry potter or daniel radcliffe um, somebody started a very vicious rumor that we might have Daniel Radcliffe live on our stage at the big event in October. Now, I cannot confirm or deny whether it is uh, Daniel Radcliffe who will be at our big event in October. But his name is out there and um, you might just have to show up in Orlando to find out for yourself whether or not Mr. X is indeed Daniel Radcliffe. So um, ppmlive22.com, tickets are on sale. We've already sold uh, the first batch. Every um, 10 we release, the price goes up. So make sure you head to the page and get your seat reserved for the big event um, 
in October. There will be 300 plus practices there. Um, and if nothing else, it's Orlando in October. The margarita will flow. It will be a hell of a lot warmer than Boston, Sharif, that's for sure. So I hope yeah. you guys are going to come on down um, to spend some time with us in Orlando in uh, in October. So, um, so let's get into it, right? We're going to talk about um, making, how do we make a, a PT practice more efficient, uh, more productive, more profitable, more streamlined, um, so that ultimately a, a business can be more successful. And that's really what this whole, uh, you know, that's what this whole conversation is about today over the next half an hour or 45 minutes. So tell us a little bit about, about you guys, MW Therapy, yeah. a little bit about you, you know, your background, how you got started, and sure. then we'll dive into some questions about business and marketing and sales and what you're yeah. seeing. Seeing uh, the trends are inside of the PT profession right now, because you guys, um, if I stand corrected, a thousand clinic owners around the world, you guys are dealing uh, around the US, in Canada that you guys are dealing with and working with right now. So you obviously you've got a hell of a lot of uh, insider information, if you like, as to what's working well inside of clinics, what isn't working well. So I'm excited for that discussion, um, as well as to find out a little bit more about yeah. MW therapy. Tell us, over to you. Absolutely. Well, hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And it's nice to uh, see everybody, so to say. And I'm glad to be here and have an opportunity to share a little bit. So yeah, a little bit about, oh, a little bit about a lot. So MW Therapy, we've been in business now for about 18 years. Uh, we are based in Boston up here on the East Coast. Uh, we are serving clients uh, coast to coast here, Alaska and Hawaii and so forth. And, you know, our clients really range in size. Some are very large. Some are our solo providers. Uh, some are cash, some are insurance, some are hybrid, and we kind of see a lot of different mixtures now. And that definitely is something that has evolved over the past couple of years is one trend that we've certainly noticed. Um, but one common theme is they're all outpatient. So our, our business is all about outpatient PT and to serving the rehab space and so forth. And we're a cloud-based you know, cloud system and those sorts of things. And we endeavor to offer uh, clients an all-in-one. And um, we do have some mutual clients here who work with you as well, Paul, which has been great to uh, to be part of the community and kind of get to know the community inside and out and work with your team and work with some of the, the mutual customers that we have. So that's kind of a little bit about me. Um, I've been in the space for for that same 18 years. So I've kind of a, uh, been around for a while now and have had the privilege personally to work with a lot of practices, as I think you have too, of course, directly working with practices, some that were startups, and then three years later, they were monster practices. Yeah, and wow. uh, yeah. it's always fun to be along for that ride. Um, I'm a tech I'm a tech person, is kind of my background, and uh, started uh, in, in the fitness industry and, and kind of uh, with fitness tracking before wearables were kind of a thing and uh, evolved into the medical record space and the EMR practice management sort of space. Um, so I've been around uh, doing this for a while, which has given me a pretty good broad uh, base of, of sort of uh, working, like I said, with practices and experience and really been able to, to see the ride. Nobody could have seen COVID coming, I think. So that's been an interesting run for all of us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of a little background on, on us and myself in terms of you know what, what's going on in the business these days. Um, yeah, I try and answer that one. It, that's probably a, a you know a, a five day symposium, right? But to try and summarize it a little bit, I mean, I think you know COVID was was quite a shock. Um, you know, I don't think many practices necessarily were were used to moving that fast, and so that that was a huge challenge was the speed you had to pivot, and that's not unique just to PT. I mean, every business in our business, you know, we were we were we were on schedules and timelines that we weren't necessarily accustomed to. Um, naturally, one of the biggest shifts was uh, in the heat of it was to was to telehealth. I think uh, most practices would agree that was one of the biggest shifts that had to be done sort of on the fly. Um, and it was a wild time uh, because most 
clinics didn't have infrastructure set up for telehealth. Uh, insurances had no idea what they were doing in the U.S. at the start in terms of how or which, whether they were going to cover telehealth. Uh, even patients who were paying on a cash basis weren't necessarily used to, you know, paying for telehealth. So big, big shift uh, there. And I think, you know, in our business, we 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 brought telehealth to market pretty quickly in order to try and meet that. We yeah. were bolstering, um, you know, different aspects of our system that previously weren't necessarily as heavily used. And um, and so th those are some of the kind of COVID changes that happened very quickly. Now we're kind of, you know, you you hesitate to say post-pandemic, but you're sort of moving beyond it. And it's interesting to see sort of what what survived that end and what didn't. And I think that um, we've noticed, um, you know, telehealth is certainly here to stay, but it's also receded uh, to some degree with a lot of the practices that we work with. It was a great pivot. It was a necessary pivot. Um, but it is, you know, it is physical therapy for a reason. And so physical implies uh, access. And so there are still some practices doing great business via telehealth, you know, primarily, but I think many that can have brought, you know, are bringing patients, of course, are back in the clinic and they're, they're hands on with the patient again. Um, so that's kind of, you know, so the, the other thing, and I'll take a break in a moment here is just, and we could talk about this in depth is the new thing and the interesting intersection is the new trend now is challenges with staffing. Yep. And so post post COVID, right? COVID was a challenge because you got all these problems and you can't see people and you can't see your employees and you can't bring them in. So you're, you're looking to technology to help kind of fill in some of those gaps. Now, post pandemic, we're bringing patients back in. They're in the they're in the business. They're in the practice. We're treating them. That's sort of normal. I'll put that in air quotes, whatever that means anymore. But now we have all these challenges. We can't get staff or the staff we have. We can't get them to do everything we want them to do in the amount of time that we have. Just we're overly busy. Everybody's overtaxed. So, again, we're back to technology. Like, how can we solve some of these problems? Yeah. And I think that's the trend that we're seeing now is, you know, practices struggling with hiring or retention, if that's the case, and then trying to sort of, you know, overcome those challenges and, and you know, seek to take advantage of new opportunities that arise. Yeah, I love that. And um, I brought a few things while I'm, I'm listening. I love, love what you said there. Um, start up to monster. I mean, what a what a, a great name for a product or a podcast or something <laughs> that is. How do you go from startup to being a monster business? And um, I'd love to, to go there with you if we could. Um, sure. So you mentioned that there was two or three of these uh, businesses that you've worked with that have gone yeah. from a startup quite literally to a monster. And if I'm listening to this and I'm a startup or I'm halfway in between, assuming I want to be a monster, um, let's just call it startup to big. Monster sounds a bit, a bit scary, but let's just say I want to be big. Um, what do they have in common? What are, what are they doing? What are those guys doing that um, perhaps the ones who are still stuck in startup mode uh, aren't doing? Yeah, I mean, I think that that probably the number one thing that the they they would I would say the owner or the founder has in common is they they had a vision for what the practice was going to be. You know, if I talk to a hundred startups, um, you know, ninety or so are going to say something like, you know, hey, I'm I'm starting this business up. I don't know, maybe in a few months, maybe I'll hire another PT, maybe I'll hire a PT. I'm not really sure. I'm gonna kind of try and see everybody in my area. I'm not sure, I'll try and get patients from any number of different referral sources. And, um, you know, I plan to have a website and I think it'll be great. And then there'll be, you know, 10 that will be a, a magnitude of, an order of magnitude different. And there'll be two or three that will say, you know, I'm starting on July 1st. I'm hoping that my volume will be this. I'm, these are my five top referral sources and what they're gonna be. And then within three months, I expect my volume to be here and I'll have the finances to support hiring another PT or a PTA. And within six months, I'll be here and within a year. And they just have this, this roadmap. And then 
then once they get into it, they, the ones that really will be successful will be the ones who realize in three months, this was right, this was right, and this was wrong. And this is what I the, the Two out of my five referral sources didn't work out the way I thought they would. So I had to pivot and I had to bring online or really chase down two more referral sources. And those ones worked. And that's how you go from one PT to five PTs, from one location to three locations to five locations. Yeah. So I think that's the difference um, really is, is it, and, and it's usually, you know, it's a question of commitment and dedication and so forth, but having that plan and then assessing that plan often. And I know I, you know, from talking to you and to Simon and so forth and others, I know that's something you preach heavily, objectively and subjectively assessing kind of where you are and where you want to go and are you getting there or not i love it yeah i love that and i think um that's what i've watched over the years that um it's it's very easy for people to speak growth and to speak ambition and to speak you know i want to i want to grow my business i want to go from x to y and i want to make z instead of b you know i want to make 200 grand next year instead of a hundred thousand and um really somewhere in the middle of that there has to be an honest ambition um, backed up by a robust plan um, the phrase i use is always um, if you can't make it work on paper you'll never make it work in reality and i think often people overestimate or under underestimate probably the the you know the absolute basics of like you say commitment desire a plan taking a day out to think about it you, you know you could argue tools and i'll be a uh, an advocate of your you know what you guys do uh, there's no way on earth I could have grown. I'm in one of my practices now. I'm back in England um, for the summer and I could not have got to full practices without software. I just could never in a million years. And and even um, even if I took it that further, and I'm sure you'll probably experience this, it's not just software. It's actually using the software and, and, and like understanding how to use the software rather than just buying it or getting it and thinking, great, I've got this thing now. I've got this tool, which it is a tool. But I always think that, you know, something like what you guys do, it's a hammer like you got to hit it okay so we've, we've got the hammer now how do we just go to the nth degree of understanding what this hammer can do for us to help us to scale whether it's understanding the metrics reports or the the, the email system or the, the patient notifications text messages whatever how do we do all of this to ultimately help us streamline the business and i think that's um you know certainly been in my experience is that is that absolutely the commitment have you got a plan and can you stick to it even when it gets tough and are you open to the resources and actually being willing to invest in the resources that could be people it could be software um you know being around smart people masterminds whatever so many people are trying to do this on their own and it's almost impossible and if you haven't got the right tools or resources around you it makes it very very difficult um to do it um on the banner, on the you know, on the conversation of streamlining, then because I, I'm so pleased again, you've brought up challenges with people. I've been preaching this now for about six months, and if you listen back to my podcasts, I um, I did a podcast uh, that um, basically went head into the labour shortage that's happening around the world, and I think that you know I'm 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 a I'm living I'm in Britain right now, but I live in America, and it's funny when I come back to Britain, they all think that there is no staff in Britain. Right. And then, you know, wherever we are, it's like there's no staff in Hartlepool. And then I go to Florida and it's, there's no staff in Florida and there's a staff shortage. Right. I'm, I'm employing, um, believe it or not, finance people. So accountants right now for a new division I've got um, in my company. And I speak to other accountants and they say, oh, you can't get any staff. There's no staff in accountants. There's no staff in reception. There's no staff in, in, in catering. I'm like, can we just remove all that shit and just say there's no staff? Like yeah. there's just no people. There's a genuine labor shortage. And there is this horrible situation where there's lots of money around, but not enough people to produce the output, if you like. And it's going to be with us for a long, long time. Even the recession might not slow it down. That is, you know, that's coming headlong. 
So you brought this up. This is obviously a, a, a global thing. It's happening across the PT profession. What are the best practices then to, to let's say streamline and become more efficient and be more productive with less people? If payroll is the biggest risk and the biggest challenge right now, what are the ways around it are to still be able to grow the practice? Yeah, it's an excellent question. Uh, and I, I couldn't agree more. It's top of mind. So there's a couple things. First thing is, um, you know, first question is sort of assessing what do you really need in terms of staffing and what can you possibly uh, live without uh, or you you know or you can't live without and and that's something I think a lot of practices are having more conversations about now so for years and years the paradigm was very simple you know you have PTs then you have a front desk and that has a person at the desk and then now you have a billing team and that has one to two people and then there's an off person and that's sort of that's the paradigm it's everybody does it it's very similar if you talk to 100 practices 98 would say that their team looks the same yeah. um, Today, I think, you know, and again, COVID, this is where this is this ramp kind of goes, is that conversation changed was, well, it's funny, we didn't have anybody at the front desk for six months. What happened, right? They're just not because of staffing at the time, but because of COVID and distancing and all those things. We just didn't have anybody. So what happened? And um, I think what happened is a lot of practices ended up with, with new workflows that they didn't have before. And I think the connection to today is if you can't get the staff, you have to redefine your workflow you know, or you have to get the staff. And if you have to get the staff, you have to pay more for them. And then you have to consider yeah. whether your, your numbers still work. So for example, I just talked to a practice last week and one thing they've done is they've basically largely eliminated the front desk position, right? They just don't have anybody there anymore. Then what they're doing to fill that gap is they're using virtual check-in, um, which is a product that we offer. But, you know, that's sort of an aside is they're having patients essentially check themselves in using their phone and they can answer the same questions that they would they would uh, do if there was a person you know has your insurance changed is there anything you want your pt to know etc um is this the answer for every practice no of, of course not you know every practice has different physical layouts different operational uh, parameters um, others may be increasing the number of front desk staff but the point is is that um the intersection, just like any business, is if you look at a factory where they're making something, they're going to say, how many staff do we really need? What processes can we automate or change? And that's where the streamlining comes in. And I think one of the biggest opportunities right now is that patients, you can actually offload work to patients. So by having patients book themselves, by having patients do virtual check-in, they're actually doing work for you, work that has to get done. And the, and the amazing thing about it is they love to do it. So most patients expect a modern patient experience today. They want to do stuff on their phone. They want to jump on their iPad and do it on the couch. They want to do it 24-7, which you're never going to be able to staff for. So I think there are opportunities here to, to redefine some of the workflows and to integrate more technology into them. And in the end, it's not, you know, it's streamlining and efficiency. It's also patient experience, which, you know, is, is paramount um, as well. I love it. The thinking is what I think is crucial here. It's um... You know, we all look to uh, immediate a new piece of software, a new marketing strategy, and you deal with an insurance company. We, all, we always look for like an external. And I always think the way out of these problems is to think our way out of the problems. And it's funny, I was talking to a clinic recently up in um, Philadelphia, and they had five or six staff, front desk staff, classic, can't find staff. And the ones who I can find want ridiculous amounts of money. I said, okay, um, have you thought about South Africa? And he said, what, what do you mean? I said, it's just there's probably about, I don't know, a billion people down there, right? I'm exaggerating, but there's a hell of a lot of people who want this job. 
and you've got five or six people, do you really need five or six in the office? Do you, like I get it, you need three or four, maybe, but do we need five or six? Is there even space for five or six? Why aren't we even considering, right? And this was where I left it. I'm not saying go and hire somebody in South Africa. I'm saying that none of us are even considering these types of things. And we should be now because of the way we've evolved and you know what COVID proved to us that could happen in a business. And like you said, it's right for some, it's not right for others. But when you're staring down the barrel at a $50,000 salary, which is inefficient for the role, the pricing model, the rate that the insurance company will reimburse this business, it is going to force radical thinking. And it might be that radically thinking about this situation says go hire two in South Africa at the top end of the pay scale who want $20,000 and are overpaid according to their economy, right? Not They're not underpaid. They're actually overpaid according to their economy who can do just as good of a job and uh, you know extremely grateful for the work and want to be part of your community. But it's all just done over Wi-Fi. It's all just done on the internet. Why isn't that being considered now in some practices? Now, again, it's not for every, you know, it's not for everybody, but that might be the way that some of the businesses listening to this go and find fifty or sixty thousand dollars and it hit their, their their margin straight away. It could be that this is the way we have to go with virtual check-ins. And I think, you know, even as I hear that, if I'd have heard that three or four years ago, I'd have said, no way, not in my clinic. And I'm telling you right now, I'm going, yeah, I love it. I, I absolutely love it because even the prospect of a virtual front desk, I'm, like I said, I'm sat in my clinic right now. The thought of nobody in that reception, I'm watching patients coming and go out there, would have horrified me three years ago. But, I, but I've been shaken up, literally. You know, my, my thought process now has had to evolve that does everybody have to have somebody every time? What if, what if 70% of the time and the other 30 is virtual? I can still run a very effective practice. The people who want the receptionist know when the receptionist is going to be there. The people who like the streamline, don't want to talk, just come in, get their coffee, check themselves in and go for treatment. What if that's actually the way that I can find $50,000 extra profit in my business? And really, I'm not doing anything more except changing the view of it by hearing things like this. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, what I you know what I want to re-emphasize there is, um, you know, you don't have to change everything about your practice all at once, but you have yeah. to entertain these discussions and figure out. So, you know, there are radical ideas and then there are radical ideas you do as a part of your business in a percentage, right? Which allows you to temper that change. And you've, you know, and, and it, it's a question of just division of resources. So the person who's not at the front desk can now say, be doing another task that is making you more money uh, and is more effective exactly. for you than sitting, sitting there and, and talking to patients as they come in. Um, it could allow you to keep your practice open, say one or two nights a week until 8 p.m. And between say five and 8 p.m., there is no receptionist and that's your test bed. Yeah. And then you, yeah. you do it for three months and then you assess patient satisfaction. You get feedback live from patients. Here's what I liked or I didn't like coming in and not seeing somebody or, oh yeah, it was fine. I didn't even notice. And, and like you said, um, you know, not only are businesses having this conversation, but the patient mindset has changed too. I mean, I think that's a big, that is something that will last post COVID is, you know, everybody already knew about Amazon and you do one click and it comes the next day. That was, that was sort of old news, but the, the, the acceptance of technology, willingness to DIY, do it yourself as a patient has exploded. And it's almost to the point now where it's expected. So what do you mean? I can't book online 24 seven. What do you mean? I have to call somebody. I don't want to talk to anybody. I mean, if you talk to people that give you, give you their smartphone, all their work is gonna be online, right? They're not calling anymore. It's a phone second and it's everything else first. So 
you know, it's just, these are opportunities too. They're not just challenges, but they're opportunities. And, um, you know, it is about margin and what can you make and what can you take and, and what can you live with and without. And then if you can't get the staff, then you're just right there uh, in the same position. It's interesting. I did. I love what you're. You're again. You're thinking. It's very much on my um, my wavelength of even just challenging the the you know the thought. I did this as well. I mean, obviously, I consult with businesses all day, and I, I proposed this. It was first to a client in uh, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, wherever it was, and then I proposed it to a um, clinic owner in California. And at that point, he was like, "Well, I, I don't. I don't know if I want to go that far." But we settled on Texas, right? We settled on Texas because of the obvious difference between a front desk in California, random numbers wanting $60,000 and somebody in Texas wanting $40,000 where the payroll tax is probably 7% versus 22% in California and all the other crap that you know people have to put up with in terms of running a business in California, the difference would be twenty dollars to $25,000 in that business owner's bank account. So I stretched him to South Africa and he settled on Texas. I stretched him to $50,000 saving and he settled on a $25,000 saving. And, and often, you know, when I, when I talk, I do go extreme on purpose because if I can get somebody to come back and go, at least if you entertain the idea that, that there is streamlined process available, there is ways to automate things, there is ways to get virtual check-in. What if it's just three hours a day? Okay, well, let's, you know, let's try that rather than 12 hours a day. And I think that's, that's the, the, the person that will make progress in the next three to five years because me included have been stuck on certain must do this, must do the other. And it's like, well, Paul, I got you the first 10 years of your business, but it might not get you the next 10. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, there, there are some tasks that are very well suited for remote work uh, that are repetitive and, and things like that, that like authorizations and things like that, where it makes sense. And yeah, the world is just, you know, it's much bigger and much smaller at the same time. You can hire somebody in a different state and you can work with them and they're virtual, but there's long and you can measure their, their, you know, their efficiency and what they're doing. And if the offs are all on 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 point and they're good, then you know it's working. And if you're paying a, a lower rate because you're taking advantage of, of different labor markets that you couldn't take advantage of before, it's more icing on the cake. And then if you can take that 25 grand and plow it back into the practice to make more money on something productive, uh, then it's just like a snowball. And, and that goes back to how do you go from being small to being big? is you take the 25 grand and you know you you put it into something maybe it's marketing maybe it's whatever and then that comes back to you twofold and it's a double win because you're efficient you're more efficient so you're making more money but the money is then productive for you in a different way love it um so tell us a little bit about your um software then tell us a little bit yeah. about what it does and ultimately because that's you, you got a thousand customers now right and, and when you told me that I was, oh, wow that's like this is not just a let's get this thing started and get it moving. Yeah. There's obviously a lot of people trust you and you're doing great things. What's yeah. so good? Why so many, why so many people kind of yeah. head over to MW therapy now? Yeah. So we, we started off really as, as an EMR only, uh, you know, about 15, 18 years ago. And we were delivering at the time what the needs were, which were really, you know, I need to write my notes. And that was the big change at the time. And we, we helped many practices go from paper to, to electronic, um, what's happened over the years is an evolution, right? Our product has evolved and now we have an all-in-one. So we're bringing to the to the market today demographics and documentation and scheduling and billing and billing encompasses both insurance and, and uh, as well as cash pay uh, and even hybrid uh, being able to track both. We have a full suite of practice management and reporting. So we have a very complete product. And I think that's a big draw for a lot of practices. I just need, I sort of need as few systems to work out of as possible 
one is the best. Um, yeah. And what's interesting about that is that, you know, if you go around to our competitors and, you know, everybody's an all-in-one now, except, you know, are they really? And so one thing that I think a lot of clients like about us is we've grown organically, meaning that we've built our own product in-house. We haven't grown our product by acquiring other businesses or integrating with other products. Integration's never as good as having it in the same. It's like a PT practice bringing in a contractor every once in a while. It's not the same as having that person, you know, that's your service, that's your product. So that's definitely a big draw. Um, I'd say of late, some of the, the most interesting and, and exciting areas for us and our clients and prospects would be, um, you know, continuing to build on our customization, customizability. So being able to change documentation, uh, you know, templates in particular to meet the different needs of practices. A lot of practices are into niches now. You know, we're a niche practice into this. You know, we're focused on this is our target market. We want marathon runners or we want the guy you mentioned you did 50 tries. That's our. So how do you reflect that? without using a cookie cutter. Um, and then lastly is is really um, patient facing tools, which we've talked about a lot today. That is uh, hugely important right now to practices and therefore it's hugely important to us. And, and same goes with marketing, automating marketing. And uh, the EMR is this, it's the central piece. You know, if you looked at a practice's tech stack, you would see the EMR would be in the middle. Um, and that that's really just how it, so your EMR knows who your patients are. It knows who your PTs are. It knows what's happening to the patient and when it's happening to them. It provides a hub in a way that, um, you know, other businesses would look to like a CRM to know what's happening with a patient, but, or with a client, but we have that. So being the hub, you know, and being able to, to kick off automated emails to patients for marketing purposes, being able to do newsletters, things like that. A lot of the things I know you talk about. Um, so those are some areas and that that's a little bit about us and why clients uh, are coming to us, why they're switching to us from other systems. And of course, we do offer our product at a good price and that never hurts too. And uh, so being an affordable option is also um, nice as well. So that comes some of the highlights and you know, what are what are people talking about? And and as you'll see, we're mirroring our business, of course, to what the needs are um, yeah. of those practices out there. Who 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 then specifically you targeting people US, UK, like insure who do you get yeah. the most results for? Yeah. Who's the, the most yeah. uh, yeah. uh responsive, shall we call them, uh, PT yeah. practice owner out there for you guys? Yeah, so definitely um, we, we're in the outpatient space. You know, that's in, that was a conscientious decision. We don't want to serve skilled nursing in hospitals and so forth. We're uh, mostly in the U.S., um, although we do have some international and have had some international clients, and we certainly welcome them. Obviously, we're U.S.-focused uh, with insurance and things like that that are, are specific. Um, our typical customer, yeah, would be an outpatient PT practice anywhere uh, anywhere across the spectrum from that solo practice to that multi-location, potentially multi-state um, practice. I think that, um, you know, the prototypical customer is typically going to have, you know, uh, between two and 10 PTs is very common range you see and, and um, you know, have one to three locations, something like that. So that's, you know, generally what we find. Um, but we'd love to work with any outpatient. We'd love, we were happy to work with you when you're small and, and you're growing or if you're small and, you, and that's your goal and you're hitting your goal, that's okay too. Um, so we just, we really, that outpatient rehab is, is our, is our home. That's where we live. How long, how long does it take to get started with you? I'm interested and I, I want to move yeah. across. What's the wrap up time? Uh, we launch most accounts within three business days. So it's very fast. Um, we have, uh, so 
these days, most clients are switching from another system um, because the days of I have nothing and I'm coming from paper are over. So we have some excellent best practices and uh, you know ways to help you transition and make that switch. And uh, that's something we talk about a lot with clients. How can we move data? How can we get your staff ramped up? How can we make this as smooth as possible? So it's very quick. And you know I think a lot of people, they start to feel heartburn about switching EMRs, but we do make it easy. And um, you know, you just you can't be hindered by your system anymore. So it's costing you more than the cost. You know, if you're worried about switching and oh, it's giving me all this this these worries. You know, what's the cost of staying with a system that isn't working with you or that you can't implement efficiently? That's a long-term cost you're bearing. So uh, a little bit of of short-term work to get a switch done is worth it. And again, in today in 2022, it's a lot easier to switch systems than it was in say 2010 when everything was more nascent. Yeah, I love it. Um... What I will say is you guys have um, been great to have around and of all of the uh, partnerships that we've created over the last few years with with external vendors, uh, whether it's software or whether it's um, orthotics or whether it's uh, just stuff, equipment, machinery for inside of the practice, clinical education courses, um, you guys have been an absolute pleasure to work with and um, the response from the people within the community um, has been terrific. So I um, can awesome. only say well done for that and um, wholeheartedly put my um, kind of endorsement, if you like, behind it, primarily because of that. And I think, you know, subjectively, we will all argue that our software is the best and all our service coaching marketing skills are the best. Um, and that's very easy for us to, to do that. But ultimately, I love listening to what the customer says about, you know, the vendors that we that we bring to Planet Paul. And uh, you guys are right up there with what you've you know promised and what you've delivered, if you like. So, uh, so well done. And thanks for, uh, you know, thanks for that. Yeah. My, my last question, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. I'm currently with another software provider, right? And I'm okay. loving the sound of all of this. What's the one reason I should at least reach out and talk to you, Sharif? Not buy, not buy. Yeah, just, yeah. Just reach out and talk. What What would be the one reason I should do that? Yeah, I mean, I think the answer is you've got nothing to lose. So you pick up the phone, you have a demo with us, you spend 20 minutes, you eat your lunch while you're doing it, and you just, you get a sense of what else is out there. And if it's been, for many practices, it has been eight to 10 years since they last looked at this. Yeah. So there was a big, you know, a lot of changing over between 2009 and 2012 into EMR from paper. And so now people are hitting 10 years, right? Many of them hitting 10 years. We talk to clients every day. Gosh, I haven't haven't been out in the market for a while. I have no idea. I, you know, and and it ranges. Some say absolutely hate my system now. Others say, you know, it's working. I don't know. It's I don't. We we haven't really thought about it, right? So think about it. Twenty minutes. It's 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 kind of I laugh. It's like the Geico. You know, fifteen minutes could save you fifteen yeah, yeah. percent on your. It's the same <laughs> thing. You know, fifteen minutes could save you money on your EMR. You could get the same price and get a better product. You could rev up marketing. You could take some of the stuff you're they're learning from you and actually implement it in an easier way. Yeah. I mean. Thank you for listening to Paul Goff's audio experience. If you're brand new to Paul's world, head on over to paulsmarketingbook.com where you can get started with his number one best-selling marketing book for physical therapists. Or if you've been listening to the show for a while, you like what you hear and you think that you could benefit from this type of help to accelerate the growth and profitability of your practice, reach out to Paul's team at paul at paulgoff.com and tell us exactly what you're looking for. And by the way, if you know someone who would benefit from today's show, please share it with them. And if you've got any questions that you want answered, tweet Paul at the Paul Goff using the hashtag AskPG. 
You can also find all of these details over in today's show notes. All right, until next time, have a wonderful day.